Welcome to the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast, covering agriculture and all things related in East Carroll, Madison, Tinsall, Concordia, and Catahoula Parishes. Hi, uh, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, want to welcome or invite your welcome you to another edition of the Louisiana Delta Crops Podcast. I know we've been kind of running behind as we've had a lot of issues this year we've been dealing with, not allowed us to get into our routine uh, schedule as we wanted to. Uh, today I got with me Mr. Bruce Garner, county agent in West Carroll Morehouse Parishes, and we're running solo today. Our fearless leader, Mr. Dennis Burns, is enjoying the sun and sand down on the coast with his family. And uh, Miss Kylie Miller, our normal hostesses and our beautiful hostess, she's out touring a bunch of FFA teachers around in Vidalia. So, Bruce, it's up to me and you to try to wing this today, and maybe they won't kill us, or maybe she won't edit all this out. But uh, she's still going to have to do the editing. So, we just ugly them to death today. Yeah, that's it. At least they can't see our faces, so that helps. Yeah, kind of what I was looking at, Bruce, as you and I had kind of talked, uh, kind of where we at on the crop situation. I know here in Madison and East Carroll, eh, it's got you some know, concerns. Well, I got some real concerns. We're, we're to the point, I, I, I looked at some corn this morning and yesterday afternoon this morning. Um, you know, we're, we're dent, so we're getting 21, 24, five days away from black layer. Um, you know, we like we we've been talking about earlier about the rainfall. We've had we've had periods of rainfall the last uh, this growing season, and it makes it kind of tough when you start looking at how much rain we actually have not had this year. And You're I, right. I I, I kind of share some of your your um, concerns. Like I said we're getting close on corn for irrigation termination. Uh, you know, at Dent we're about 20, 21 days, 23 days, 24 days away from black layer. Um, you know, so if we're at 50% milk line and we got good moisture, we probably can hold off on on making making another water shot. But boy, I'm I'm looking at some corn now that that's at 50% milk line and we don't have any moisture in the ground. So that 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 choice to make that that irrigation becomes real critical, especially at you know the price of diesel fuel to run run these pumps. Yeah. Um, that's something to really look at hard for, for our guys, you know, looking at corn irrigation termination. Um, where's that milk line at and how much moisture we got in the ground? Mm-hmm. I know here in West Carroll, um, there was a spot up north, north end of the parish, got three inches of rain a week ago. And you go right down the road, three quarters of a mile, and we're bone dry. So yeah. it's, it's yeah. really hit and miss. So I, I encourage the guys to get out. And to spend a little time with a sharpshoe shovel, scratching around six, eight inches deep in that cornfield, um, see how much moisture's down there. And, and if we're at, you know, if you're looking at that half a milk line, and you can you can hit some moisture, um, think long and hard about about that four dollar diesel. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, and on that same respect, I was riding around yesterday looking, and you see some beans that's giving it up, and I don't think they mature. I think they're just giving it up. It's hot and dry, and then a next field wouldn't be anything but a, a turn row between them, and they'd be looking looking really healthy, really green. Seen a lot of those big green plants, though, had flat pods in them, or flat, yeah. you know, yeah, flat pods. They're not 
I don't know maturity on whether they are at that stage that they're just now fixing to start filling pods or is the dry weather kept them from filling. I don't know that, not knowing the planting dates and stuff. Right. Uh, you know, but what I, I did notice where I was seeing those drastic differences, you then got to paying attention to the soil types. Anything that had any sand, you know, silt loam type stuff were, were dry, whether they were, even where they were irrigating, they seemed to be drier than the black land right across the turn. Well, the black land's holding up this year for us. Right. Uh, you know, in, in some of the sandier grounds over Morehouse Parish that, I, that I'm around, um, seeing the same thing that that sandy ground dries out you see you see these beans kind of struggling and you know when we're at this time of the year you know that r5 r3 r4 r5 we really we can see some yield loss on those beans suffering from for for, for water um again that comes into play getting out what, what have i got in the field water wise mm -hmm. um I hate I hate to to say this, but on some of these sandier grounds, if we're seeing beans cutting out, I'd encourage the producer to get out and pull some plants up and start looking for nematodes. Um, yep, you can yep. see nematode stress this time of year. Um, I've got some fields right now, Morehouse Parish that, that we that I that I've looked at year in year out with beans on them, and we've got nematode issues. Um, you know, it's that will cause those beans to cut out this time of the year they stress a little bit in some of this heat like we're having today and things just go sideways almost real quick oh yeah when you got the heat and the lack of water like we've got this year all of your little things that water has cured over the last three or four years or have kept hid from you are really showing out and yep. it's not good not good uh you're talking about termination on corn. We had to make the decision a couple of weeks ago. Rode around with a couple of different producers looking at corn, wanting to know where they were at because they needed to be irrigating beans with the same power units or the right. same wells. And we had to bite the bullet and say, at the point we're at right now, we're going to live with the corn we got. We know we may lose a little test weight, but we felt like we we're money ahead by going ahead and start watering beans because we we're fixing to start shedding pods so it become a, i mean i have probably dealt with more irrigation calls this year than i have in the last three or four years put together i mean it's been almost a daily thing of yeah, looking sure. calling answering moisture sensors <clears throat> uh where you got them at how close are they to me what's the what's it showing there you know do i need to do this can i do that uh pipe planter issues you know coming in you still got your flow meter i need to do it we're going to try a pipe planter so yeah. i reckon in a way all this stuff that we've all been preaching for the last four five six years that they kind of i ain't gonna say ignored but they didn't see as big a need for it because diesel fuel was relatively cheap we had a lot of water we didn't water much now with everything reversed now they're calling for it, and it's we're getting, it's been a struggle to get it all done. It when it when it gets when it gets serious, when it gets in your pocketbook, and that, this That's is it. one of those years that that you know all the all the stars have lined up, all the all the ill stars have lined up for for a, for some tough irrigation decisions. You know, I've got in Morehouse Parish in West Carroll this year. We've got I've got more cotton than I've had in several years. Um, 
you know, it, a lot of that goes back to cost of inputs, whatever. But, you know, talking about corn and bean irrigation, you know, we're we're in that critical time for for cotton right now. Oh, yeah. Irrigation, you know, that, that kind of the most critical time is those first squares through first flower. You know, we got pretty good usage there, a tenth, two tenths a day, you know, usage. But more when we get that first flower out six weeks past that first flower, that 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 camel becomes a monster at that point in time, that that, that cotton plant. You know, it's wanting to use two tenths to three tenths of an inch water a day. Um, and, you know, if it doesn't have water through that peak bloom, um, we can see some issues with with lint production. So I encourage folks that are listening, if you got cotton, um, you're having to make those hard decisions about what to water. Um, make sure you're considering cotton in that mix, too. Uh, you could see some lint reductions um, if we if we stress that plant out um, while those blooms, while we're at peak bloom. Um, now, once we bloom and we're making, we're setting bowls, um, you shut the water off. Now, I say that I, within reason. Yeah, I won't, you know, but there's <laughs> always within reason. But, you know, you, you we, we got we got to take care of that cotton, you know, you know, in that in that critical time. And that just happens to be this year, that critical time kind of lines up with the critical time for some of these beans. So some guys may have to be making some some decisions about what needs the water, especially for coming off the same well, same power unit. Um, think, you know, make some make some smart decisions. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I was having a conversation with some producers the other day about cost per irrigation, cost per mm-hmm. acre to irrigate. I said, well, the last time I actually took one irrigation well and put everything on it, kept up with every drop of fuel that went in it, maintenance, had an economist run the figures for me, and they put everything in it that they could, you know, all the depreciations and everything. We were somewhere around $12 an acre, best I can yep. remember. Yep. Well, I said he said, "Well, I'm figuring twenty-five to thirty dollars per acre per watering this year, and it's ninety-nine percent of it is fuel increase." Yeah. Yeah. And I'm yeah. sitting there. You know, he's probably not too far off. If you if you just factor in that increased fuel cost, um, it really yeah. I, I've 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 looked at some of the same numbers, RL, um, and just changed that that variable on that fuel cost, and it. It gets it makes your stomach turn real quick. Yeah, um, yeah. When you're, when you're looking you know, at the and, price and, for, for irrigation, and if they're still thinking on that ten to fifteen dollars an acre watering versus twenty to thirty, you know, you got to look at a whole different scenario for as return. You know, those those higher commodity prices are not as good for irrigation. Maybe I should say as right. those ten dollar ones were. So I mean, it, it, it's you got this real serious thinking. It's just not simply go flip the switch. Yeah, it, the, the cost effectiveness becomes an issue when, when we're looking at that much uh, to to turn that well on, to crank that pump motor. Um, and you know, and it's, and it's not just diesel fuel. I mean, the 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 surcharge fuel charge on the electric wells. Um, you know, you're hearing the news right now about some of these electric companies adding that surcharge in for energy, uh, for, for generation. I don't want to go there just on my house bill. <laughs> exactly. I had a heart attack 
here a few two months ago when I got my bill. Oh, and it was all fuel charges. Yep. Yep. It it I makes can you imagine what they're doing on these irrigation wells. Yeah. It it makes for a hard hard time to 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 kind of choke that down. Yeah, you know, we're, we're talking about corn kind of getting ready to looking at black layer coming up, corn fields drying down, something we really hadn't talked about. Some of our hay producers, you know, now's the sure. time. Yep. Now's the time to start thinking about those little army worms showing up um, yep. in your hay pastures. Uh, I had a phone call early, early this year, um, back in April, actually, from a homeowner that had um, had their yard was getting eaten up by something. And I went out and looked at it, and it was army worms in April, the end of April, 1st of May. And it just made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Homeowner had about had a pretty good size yard, had about five acres, so it could have been a small pasture. But the army and it, but it, it the yard butted up next to some timber, so I probably probably we had some overwintering worms yeah. that, that could yeah. come out when it warmed up. But they just kind of made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Well, now we're at this time of the year where um, start start getting out if you if you got some hay pastures in and around some of this some of this corn ground. Uh, maybe time to start digging around and I'm looking at looking for army worms. Um, and with the the lack of rainfall, uh, hay is hay hay this year seems to be at a premium. Yep. Um, I've got guys already kind of scratching their head, you know, looking at that cattle herd, saying what we're going to do with it. And so, well, you know, you hear all these horror stories coming out of Texas where they're selling off massive amount of cattle over there. Yeah. Well. I just just remind guys to get out if you if you if you got some hay ground that's going to be adjacent to some of these cornfields or got some hay ground around um, some of these bean fields coming up, start kind of poking around, digging around, looking. Um, you know, in the always wait past, for the white birds. I passed a pasture the other day and I counted 21 uh, white cowbirds, you know, out in the field. And the first thing I thought is, oh, gracious, and they're your, already that many co- congregating about a 10 acre little pasture. Um, I almost stopped. There. Yeah, there's, there, they were there. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I, tell, I try to tell my guys, you know, start thinking about it. If you have to make that that spray, make, make, make that application, um, follow the label, find you a good product, follow the label, use plenty of water. Um, plenty of water, yes. That's, that's going to be... Um, I think last year we had some reports of, of what folks have classified as failures of a spray um, for whatever reason. And you kind of, one, one or two guys I talked to asked them how much water they were putting out. Um, they were putting it out with ground rigs, but they're only using about five gallons to the acre. And I was like, that you're just not getting the coverage. I mean, so as much water as you can stand out, I, I know it's a, it's a pain in the behind the, to have to keep filling that tank up, but it's you got to get the coverage out there. Yeah, because those little critters is down. Usually, by the time you start spraying, they're down underneath. Yeah, you got to flush it down to them. You got to get it. Got to get it down to them. And if you're just wetting the tops in the middle of the day, you're you know that that application is is not going to do you much good. Mm-mm. Well, Bruce, uh, I think. Couple two last things I got on my mind. One you just said about the heat. Uh, guys, be careful out there in the heat. Uh, heard numerous reports 
last week and the week before of hands having to go to the ER for dehydration, get drips and all to get them back up and running. And when you get to that point, it's not just a quick fix. Uh, this is the kind of weather that'll take you, that'll seriously hurt you, take your time, stay hydrated. Uh, one last thing I had on my mind with the with the heat, with the dry weather, when do you, and I know this is nothing hardcore, when do you think some of your guys may seriously start looking at harvesting? You know, like I said earlier, you know, I'm looking at some fields that are half a milk line now, so that means we're probably, you know, with the heat like it is this this week, half a milk line, I would honestly say we're probably going to be at black layer in some of these fields next week. You know, if we're at black layer next week, we're at 30%, 30 to 35% moisture in, in the grain. If we stay hot and windy like this, um, I, I, my bet, if I had to, if I had to buy a square on the board of when we're going, when it's going to mm -hmm. start, I would, I'd say probably in the next 15 days, we're going, I think we're going to see some corn in my part of the world being cut. I um, think you're close. I think you're real close. I visited with some guys two or three weeks ago. Because uh, I've had some guys down here traditionally try to start around the 4th of July on some high moisture corn. Mm -hmm. You know, in that time frame, go ahead and put it in the dryers and whatever. I uh, haven't seen that. I know of one sample that's been cut. Don't know that he cut any more past some samples. Uh, but everybody I was talking to, we're talking uh, August 10th seemed to be the date everybody seemed to be throwing out his but. With the last two to three weeks, the way it's been, I'm like you. Next 10 to 15 days, if something don't change, I think we'll see some corn started. It may be more like the 15th before we get really wide open. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we'll go from there. You know, at this time of year, I always like to remind folks, think about that early corn we put in the ground, especially this year. That early corn that we put in the ground that set that seed set there in that cold, wet ground, and here we are at the end of Ju approaching the end of July. Take some time, walk out, look at that corn that we we rushed in the ground last year. Um, yeah. See if see if there's any difference in some of that early stuff and some of that late stuff. I I, I, I don't mean to be rude to folks, but you know I, I try to remind folks if we jumped out early. Are we going to be cutting those early fields like we're cutting the rest of the world? Um, sometimes you'd be surprised, especially this year. I think some of those early planted fields that didn't do anything. We put that I jokingly said one of my guys said I put it in cold storage. I, he said I just put it in cold storage in the furrow. Um, That's it. That's it. You know, a lot of times all you're doing is making yourself feel good. You're yeah. not getting ahead of the curve. So I, I encourage guys think about that. You know, you know, next next March is a long way away right now, but it'll be here before we know it. Yep. Yep. Well, Bruce, <clears throat> I'm gonna close this out here. Uh, thank you for joining us today, and guys, listeners. Hopefully, we can get back on our regular weekly schedule updates. If you have any concerns, any issues, any questions, feel free to reach out to any of us here in the Delta. Uh, Bruce is in West Carroll Parish. You can reach him there at the extension office easily. Morehouse also, but probably more easily to run him down through the West Carroll office. Me, I, I cover East Carroll and Madison. You can reach me 
here at, at, at the Madison office easier than the East Carroll office. Uh, but if you call East Carroll, Miss Sherry knows how to track me down. Uh, then, of course, Dennis has got Tinsaw, Kylie's got Concordia, and that kind of pretty much takes care of the, the river area. And not that we're excluding anybody else, but we were all this was designed for the, the Delta parishes, is what we're looking at. And but we'll answer or direct you to anybody anywhere in the state. Uh, and I know we have some out of state listeners, and we'll help you there if we need to. Uh, but Bruce, thank you for joining me today. And, uh, stay safe, and we'll try this again next week. Thank you, Ariel. We'll talk to you. All right, man. Get up. The Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast is produced by the LSU Ag Center Extension Service. For more information, visit the LSUAgCenter.com or contact your local extension office.